Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is John Pollock. He is the CEO of Financial Gravities Holding and president of Pollock Advisory Group, a registered investment advisory firm. And you may be thinking, wait a minute, we're going to be talking about accounting and finance and taxes and stuff. John doesn't ever talk about that. But today we are going to talk about taxes. So, John, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So here's the thing. You know, I spent a, t- a terrific amount of time uh, at least attempting to to show people how to make more money uh, with their marketing. And so today I want to talk about how they can keep more of that money. Yeah, and what's interesting is that if you can keep more money, then you can pour it into marketing and make more money. Absolutely. Um, pay Duct tape marketing more to to help you you know grow your business more. So <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. So so, um, how what are some of the really typical ways that you see small businesses being overtaxed? Other than the fact that a lot of the tax code's not fair to small business. Uh, well, the tax code is not unfair to small business. It's just exceptionally complex, and so no one really taps into it. I mean, there's seventy thousand pages. Who's going to read that? It's not a it's not a breezy read. Um, so they just miss out on a lot of the opportunities. The single biggest one, and I'm betting most of your listeners have this problem, is being a sole proprietor. Yeah. It's the most audited entity. It's the most used entity. Um, and it's the most tax entity. So you need to get off of that as soon as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and, and, and actually, let's jump into kind of some of the basics of because what we're talking about is not necessarily doing your taxes or submitting your tax returns. We're talking about tax planning. Um, and yeah. so, you know, what are some of the basics then of of good, sound tax planning? And 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 actually, I'll cut you off before you jump into that because I, I want to do a little soapbox here. Um, you know, a lot of times people are they get the idea that they need to do business planning and marketing planning and strategic planning and uh, this whole idea of, of expense planning or tax planning uh, seems like a foreign concept that they just have to abdicate to somebody else. And and so I'd love for you to talk about this idea of of tax planning actually being a fundamental you know foundational element of growing a business. It is because it's money you've already made. I mean, all these other st- strategies are projecting out how do I make more. This is, I've made the money, and I'm going to cut a check for $20,000 to the government. And we're saying, don't cut a 20000 cut a $10,000. Um, now, you can't just choose not to do that. You actually have to have a plan. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll get in hot water. And, and so we'll you have to, to figure out ways. Yeah, so we you've heard the saying, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Right. The way we rephrase that is it's how you make what you make determines how you keep it. And that's where tax planning comes in, is the how you make it. Well, and one of the basics you already talked about was, you know, choosing the right entity wisely. What are some of the other kind of basic, basic things where people are throwing money away? Uh, retirement planning is one of them. Uh, the way they, who they pay and how they pay them. Uh, the entity is the biggest because a lot of people will end up paying regular income tax rates instead of capital gains or dividend rates. Dividend rates and capital gains rates are always lower regardless of the tax bracket you're in. So you really want to shift to that. And there's basically four strategies, shifting, timing, code, and product. And so we try to look for strategies that fit within those four primary drivers. So shifting from a sole proprietor to, say, an S-corp will save you taxes because you can pay yourself in two different ways. In fact, we kind of joke with business owners, they kind of need to be a little uh, split 
personality because part of their personality needs to be you're an employee in the business right. and part of the personality needs to be I'm a business owner that needs to earn a profit on the business. Profits are taxed differently than employment income. So you want to be able to pay as little employment income and generate as much profitable income as possible legally. Right. So you said, so shifting, uh, give us an example of timing then. So timing would be, so like uh, IRAs are timing. Now, I don't know if you remember the fiscal cliff debate right, right. in uh, a few years ago. That was a timing. A lot of people were saying, oh, I got to do stuff this year because January 1, it's going to be, you know, all hell's going to break loose. But with uh, retirement planning, your 401k, your IRA for individuals is a way to, to time a different time to get it in. Another one of these popular strategies that, you know, your clients may have heard of is paying your mortgage interest in twice in one year because then it shows up on the Schedule A. Um, so that would be another example of, well, instead of paying in January each year and then getting one deduction for my mortgage interest or my, or my uh, taxes on my mortgage, I can double up and, and get a bigger number and then get more deductions. Uh, coat and 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 stick with me if you know if you're starting to glaze over here and think oh gosh this is boring accounting stuff stick with me because we're going to talk about a couple things that are perfectly legal that uh, John's company does that uh, that just take advantage of of the laws uh, that were written for you uh, that uh, can be a great way to save some taxes but let's talk about so let's jump into your third uh, element code yeah code so this was a great one because I'm going to give you something that's going to go you have got to be kidding me. So you can rent your house. You should be sitting down for this. This is going to shock you. You can rent your house to yourself 14 days a year tax-free. So how this came about is fascinating. It was actually a football. Um, a guy that lived in Green Bay, a senator, wrote this into the law because he wanted to rent his house to himself um, for, you know, I'm going to invite John over to my house for a football game because I live close to the stadium and I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff and I'm going to rent it to myself and I want to pay no taxes on that. So I'm going to write it into the law. It's now become the Augusta rule. They call it the Augusta rule because a lot of people that live on the golf course in Augusta will rent their house for two weeks and that's tax free. Now that Airbnb is becoming as big as it is, a lot of people are renting rooms in their house. Well, you can do that 14 days a year tax-free. And what's funny about this law, there's actually a line on one of the forms that says 14-day rental. And there's many accountants that don't even, have, don't even know it's there. So that is one of my favorite parts of pure code. The boring part of pure code would be like a Roth IRA. You know, I, I, I earn the money, I pay taxes on it, I roll it over into, I put it into an, a Roth IRA, grows tax-free and comes out tax-free. But that's a pure code strategy. Right. But the 14-day rental rule is our favorite. The second favorite one is you can write off your swimming pool. That one's an, an also a fun one. It actually falls underneath the code that has to do with on-site health clubs. So if I owned a health club, I legally can build a swimming pool and write off all the, the stuff for the swimming pool, the chlorine and the, the guy that comes out and cleans it. Well, if I have office out of my house, the, the code allows for me to have an on-site health club that I can write off the maintenance of. So I can write off the maintenance of my swimming pool. And by the way, this has been audit tested multiple times and it's cleared every time. Well, and, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing some people are already starting to say, wait a minute, my CPA would have a cow if I suggested this. Um, and, and really, and you and I have talked about this, uh, uh, you know, off air, um, you know, why aren't 
the typical CPAs, and I hope mine's not listening because I'm, you know, I'm going to say that, you know, they're rarely talking to me about, I mean, they're basically saying, do you have the receipts sign here, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and my return's done and there's no even thought. Now I could be maybe proactive and, and push them a little bit, but there's no real thought about even having a discussion about, well, here are the ways we can minimize your taxes. And, and it seems to me like most people believe that that's a role that their CPA is playing for them. It's not, and this is this is a really strange marketing problem for me as a marketer of a of a you know proactive tax planning business. How do you market a service to somebody when somebody thinks an entire industry does that service and they don't? I mean that is a marketing problem for the ages. CPAs, first of all, the P in CPA stands for public, so public accounting was generally for publicly traded companies. So imagine you're an association selling publicly public accounting designation, a certification, and then all of a sudden you've trained everybody that's already working public accounting. You're not going to stop selling your certification. You're going to keep selling it, and that's what's happened is, is the CPA designation has bled into doing basically bookkeeping for small businesses like your business and my business, and they just aren't trained on tax planning. In fact, we keep in our office a copy of the CPA outline, the manual of what they have to study. So these are objectively very, very smart people because I would never pass the CPA exam, but they're just not, they're not trained. They're trained on depreciating assets and, you know, how to handle inventory and, and gap counting and accrual versus cash, all this really boring stuff that, you know, sounds like insects. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it has nothing to do with, you know, I own three subways. How do I, how do I handle my employees? It, it just doesn't have anything to do with the real world. And just because they touch the tax return doesn't really mean they know anything about it. And a lot of it, which actually leads us to our fourth strategy, which is product. A lot of the really cool tax strategies require a good understanding of some of the financial services products, and they're not trained at all on that because you need an, either an insurance license or a securities license. So it's just it's just not what they're trained on. But everybody thinks since they touch the tax return, they're experts, and they literally don't. They well, don't know what to do. Well, and and it's interesting because you know the kind of the, the the entrepreneurial kind of buzzword is this you know for for startups particularly is this idea of growth hacking, and and maybe that's we need a whole industry of tax hacking. Yes, and that's and that's really what we're doing. Is I mean, there's seventy thousand pages of code. I say all the time, there's got to be something in there for you. Um, you know, the yeah, number one right. question I get asked is, uh, "Are you worried about the flat tax?" And I always kind of roll my eyes and say, "I'm the flat tax is just as likely as a good cheesecake that's fat free. I just it's not going to happen." Um, the, the, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you go on. They like to pull the levers that allow them to control whatever they want to control. And, you know, Democrats and Republicans are never going to come together and say, let's have no levers. <laughs> so we're going to have a complicated tax code forever. Yeah. Um, and they never seem to change what's already existing. They just add another, you know, 10,000 pages. So I think it's going to stay complicated. So hack the tax code. So, you have um, you actually have a pretty bold offer, something you call a a, um, a tax blueprint, I think um, you call it, and mm-hmm. um, and and in your experience, um, I mean, you're able to make that kind of we save you X or you don't pay kind of offer because you feel that confident that that there's money being wasted. Yeah, and this is actually there's a good marketing lesson in this. 
and we've talked a little bit about this. This is fascinating. We save on average four to five times what people pay us. We charge anywhere from two to $10,000. So if someone pays us $10,000, we're going to find forty to 50000 in tax savings. So as a marketer, I didn't feel like we should come out saying five times tax savings or four times tax savings. So what we did is we did a marketing campaign for about 60 days with a 300% tax savings. You pay 1000 you get three. You pay 10 you get 30 We had no sales. It wasn't until we shifted to a two times tax savings that our sales went through the roof. So that's an interesting marketing lesson that we didn't change the plan, but people didn't believe the three. It was apparently too good to be true. We don't know. I mean, we don't know because we didn't get any clients to, to ask, but <laughs> we, we just, but we literally changed that one piece of the messaging. I guess this is the importance of split testing. Uh, we changed that one piece of the messaging and it completely changed our business. So that's a very, sometimes your, your offer can be too good. Yeah. So, so, so state your offer. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I don't, often, I'm not often quite this direct uh, with uh, the audience, but I really believe what you're doing is something that a lot of people need to uh, be aware of. And by the way, John uh, and his company are uh, a client of mine. I'm helping with their with their marketing, but I, I'm just so taken by what they're doing. I want to expose people to it. So, so uh, pretend you're talking to a potential client. You know, How would you pitch what you do? Well, you know, I, I always use a cocktail party pitch. I'd say if I'm at a cocktail party and someone asks me what I do, I say I help small business owners lower their personal income taxes. Right. And then I get a question that automatically leaps to people's <laughs> forefront when they hear that, which is, are you a CPA? Right. To which I respond, when was the last time your CPA saved you at least $1,000 in taxes? Uh, never. Well, then you probably should fire your CPA because a thousand dollars for us is very, very easy. We can look on your schedule a, if you're a small business owner, the tax code is the tax code was actually made for you. It's there's lots of cool things in there. I mean, you can write off even with Obamacare and the, in the proliferation of this new, this new ACA act, which is this whole new healthcare. You can write off crutches. You can write off a massage, if you're if you're not if you're if you're stressed, you can write your massages off as a tax-free benefit in your company. That's in the tax code if you're a small business owner. So don't throw up your hands and say, "Well, I'm a small business owner. The the government's coming after me." The government actually has written a lot of cool things in there. You just have to tap into it. You need to. I love that tax hack. I'm going to take that. <laughs> well, and, and and what's interesting is you know the, when, when I say it's unfair, it's only unfair in the sense that a, a lot of larger organizations have tax yeah. strategists. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. their their chief tax officer is making sure that they're taking advantage of some of these things. And and obviously, a lot of small business owners you know don't have that luxury. And so I I think uh, the the ability to come to somebody like you and say, okay. You know, do a blueprint for me. You know, I I don't pay unless I save. You know, is a pretty compelling offering. Um, do you? What do you say when when you start talking about some of these things that you know they're in the code? You know, but but still, there's this whole idea. There's there's this fear of you know if I if I expense my swimming pool, I'm automatically going to get audited. Yeah, and we hear that quite a bit. And and this is something that the CPA would say, which I don't get from the CPA. The CPA basically bills per hour and per form. So an audit actually is more profitable for them, whereas we bill monthly regardless of whether you get audited or not. So we actually have an incentive not to get you audited 
because if you get audited, that's a lot of time and energy for us. But the reality is, is the audit risk goes down because since we're employing tax strategies, we're driving down your income. And keep in mind, a sole proprietor is five times more likely to be audited than an S-Corp. So just making that shift substantially lowers your, your tax liability. But if you're making a half a million dollars a year and I change the way you're doing your taxes and it shifts your income to 250 using legal strategies, you actually are lower on the radar screen. The half a million dollar income is higher on the radar screen. So using the tax code actually lowers your tax risk of being audited. And if you get audited, we're there. I mean, we, we'll help you implement the strategies. We follow the laws. Everything we do, we even give you the internal revenue code where the strategy exists. So if you are inclined to read that part of the internal revenue code, you can. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't increase. It, there's this weird belief. And what's ironic is that the audit risk has actually gone down substantially just because there's far less auditors. Most audits that are being done by the IRS right now are letters, and they're all the presumption of guilt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the exact opposite of the legal system. They, they basically send you a letter saying, you owe us $10,000, yeah. and you have to prove to us that you don't. Yeah, yeah, it comes in so, the form And those of are going to happen if you do nothing. So yeah. you might as well take the full advantage of the law, hire a company like ours, and we'll, we'll fight for you because we don't want you to pay the money any more than you want to pay it. Now, when you do uh, tax planning for an organization, that doesn't necessarily mean be you become their tax accountant or their CPA. I mean, you work in conjunction in a lot of cases. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So the reason we called it the tax blueprint is because we wanted to be able to convey the message that really we're an architect. You know, if you have a blueprint for a house, you don't have a house. You still have to have someone build the house. Right. Just so happens we do home building too, so we can build the plan. But if you take the, the blueprint, you can take it to any accountant. But I'll tell you what happens, and this is a secret just between you and me. Um, <laughs> what happens is when you save someone $20,000 in taxes, if your accountant's your brother-in-law, you're thinking, gosh, I've been with this guy for 10 years, 20000 that's 200000 Well, I could have bought a lake house. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law is so fired. So that, that tends to yeah. <laughs> be the result. But it's we have – you know, we'll help you if you want to help. If you don't want help, you can take it to your, your tax account. We've actually found some really good tax accountants that we've trained where they said, this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do all of this. <laughs> and we work with them, and sometimes we end up getting fans because they don't want to do the tax planning, but they know that we're actually – what's interesting about our tax plans, it actually creates more work um, because if you're doing more paperwork yeah. – and you're, the small business owner is not going to want to do it. So if you're doing more paperwork, the bookkeeper and accountant actually ends up getting more work. So where can people find, um, uh, obviously, financialgravity.com, but where can, they, where can they find about the blueprint? So what I would actually recommend is we actually have a, a pretty simple video series. Mm -hmm. It's ta uh, lowertaxhigherprofit.com. If you go to financialgravity.com, you'll get the – the pop-up that you so eloquently teach. Yeah. Um, but the, if you want to go to lowertaxhigherprofit.com, there's a three video series. There's a, there's a free download with the, the four strategies that we mentioned. Um, and then if, at the end of the series, if you like it, you can, you can give us a call or fire off a letter or an email. And if you don't, then at least you didn't have to talk to us and you got to lurk <laughs> in the background. Yeah. No, it's a, a great, great, learning experience no matter what. I mean, you'll find some great, good information there whether you choose to act on it or not. Yeah. Talking with John Pollock at uh, Financial Gravity, we're talking about ways to lower 
your taxes if you're a small business owner. So, John, thanks for uh, spending a little time with us today, and uh, I know we will see you out there soon. Thanks for having me.